G'day mates, g'day ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats everywhere. Welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. You have no say in it. How you doing? Are you hanging in? Uh, the world is still crazy and we are still here. This is episode 222. Triple two, baby. We've made it. Um, this is a good one. We've got uh, me, Bruce, me, Bruce and Scott. Ah. Oh. Troy, <laughs> you got to work on that. It's Bruce, Scott, and I, to be uh, correct. And uh, if it almost felt like old times. They almost felt like they were in the studio here hanging out. But um, we didn't. But anyway, it was a lot of fun catching up with the guys. And uh, a lot of great stuff there. So we're going to let you guys enjoy that. Um, glad you guys enjoyed the Jennifer Batten show last week. Thank you, Jennifer. We love you. Um... What else is going on? What else? we got, uh, remember, we've got guitarwank.com. Go there, sign up, be on the, the mailing list uh, so you don't miss any episodes. And also you can be a Patreon member and get extra lessons from Bruce Foreman, the Guitar Wank Minute. I think we're up to number 11, 11 or 12 coming up, 11, 12, 13, around there. So uh, they are fantastic. They're inspiring and they're super quick and easy and you can get something out of them in under a minute. So, uh, we're all busy people, right? <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Also, if you have a product, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of this because we have been getting a lot of inquiries about this. So, if you have a pedal, maybe you have a new song, uh, you're a, obviously a guitarist or an instrumentalist, or you just have some music you want to promote, and or you have a product... Or anything to do with you selling to musicians, this is the perfect place to do it. Why spend your money with a publicist or something other really, really expensive thing when you can get directly to the listeners here on Guitar Wank? Um, we're at, our stats are amazing with the, with, the, with the reach of Guitar Wank nowadays. I know, right? Hard to believe. Extremely hard to believe. I know. But we do go to everyone in the world and we have a great audience in America and obviously Europe and everywhere else in Australia and all the other lovely places that listen to us. So if you want to reach that audience of guitarists and a lot of other musicians that listen to this show, uh, this is a great place to advertise. So um, reach out to us at guitarwank at gmail.com and we'll send you the pricing list and you'll be able to advertise on our show we'll get Bruce to read copy for you and uh, we'll post links and we'll do all that wonderful stuff so we will basically promote your product or whatever you are selling to our audience and uh, they can do whatever they want with it I guess so there you go so make sure you reach out guitarwank at gmail.com and uh, we can move forward with that and we'll Start promoting your product. Maybe you're a guitarist in your bedroom, which we are all at the moment, and uh, you've got this amazing album and you want to get it out there. And this is a great place to do it. So uh, reach out and let us know and we'll set that up. Uh, what else is going on? Remember, Bruce's got Grumps TV. He's doing that. So watch it. Go check it out. Give him a thumbs up. Uh, let him know you're, you're hanging out. And... Um, I guess that's about it. Everyone stay safe. Um, merch, we've been having problems with the merch just during this whole COVID process. So if, uh, if you are a listener and you have bought merch, 
Um, it's coming. We're just we're trying to deal with back orders and stuff like that, and it's been a little tricky getting product. Uh, but we will keep working on that. Um, and please, please leave a review. It's it's amazing what one little positive review will do to a show like ours. Um, it's amazing what one little negative review will do to a show like ours. So I encourage you to leave great positive reviews. And if you don't want to do that, lie and leave great positive reviews. It's it's huge. Uh, if you do want to get mad at us, you can get mad at us at g- uh, guitarwank at gmail.com. So there you go. All right, so that's where we're at. So let's get into the episode. I, I do pray. Well, no, I don't pray. But anyway, I do hope and uh, I, you are all safe out there and your family's safe and everyone's hanging in and we're keeping healthy and mentally sane and getting to play lots of music and, and all that positive stuff because uh, a lot of people are going through heavy shit and we all need to pull together instead of pulling apart. So as Bruce says... Guitar Wank community pulling together. So we appreciate everyone joining the group too. If you don't know about the Guitar Wank group, um, it's a gang of bikers that drive around the countryside raping and pillaging everywhere they go. No, that is not correct, but uh, that would be that would be fun on some level. Not, not the raping because you, you get in a lot of trouble, but the pillaging... Anyway, go to facebook.com slash guitarwank, whatever, and you can join the group, the guitarwank group, and you can, we're pretty casual about it, you can post and put whatever you want up there regarding music and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so go check it out, join it. We've been getting flooded requests to join it, so the numbers are going through the roof, which is fantastic. So I really appreciate that as well. Um... And if we have offended anyone, we have done our job. Okay, guys, we'll catch you all next week. Be safe and uh, enjoy the show. Sometimes. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Scotty, All right. Bruce so everything's working. Wow. Oh, good. Uh, I'm out. You can hear hear my. I'm doing it on my laptop this time, so you can hear this speaker. But hear, it, hear it good. Hear it loud and clear. Well, Troy, you're really going for the for the for the uh, like the outdoor woodsman look. <laughs> I'm going. I'm a lumberjack, and I'm okay. I wear women's clothing. You're rolling logs and wearing women's clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a llama jacket. I'm okay. I dress in women's clothing. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I just figure I'm going to let it grow. It's getting, um, yeah, it's getting beastly. It's getting beastly, but I'm working out too. Yeah, you look like, you look a little like Zach Wilde. Zach Wild. I wish I could play like Zach. I like Zach's playing. He's pr- Zach's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a crazy motherfucker. We should have Zach yeah. on. I'm sure he'd be fun. He would be a blast. We should get Zach. <laughs> I just, 
I just read a guitar interview with guitar player interview with him. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely crazy, but uh, but he's good. <laughs> he's he's one of those cats that his personality comes through his playing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you play with Ozzy Osbourne, I guess you have to you, you got to compete with that level of craziness. You better be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see I would like to see Bruce with Ozzy like doing a um I would love I would love to do one gig with Ozzy. Right? But I, do a jazz I, like I, a set, a ballot like acoustic set and Ozzy come and play. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I I'm, I'm not eating no rats, no bats, no mice, man. I I did a gig with Ozzy. Troy oh, did wow. you did? I did. Well, I wasn't playing. I was I was teching back in this is when I was a young man. And it was so funny. I watched him. They brought him on stage and he had a handler. And as he was, the handler's like holding his hand and he looked like this frail old man and he gets to the stage, they give him the mic and he's like, yeah, and straight into it. Like he, oh, okay. like he got his, his power aid or something and he just kicked ass for that whole set. And then when he come off stage, he turned back into this little old man. <laughs> so do you know the guitar legacy of who are the guys that play? I know Randy Rhodes was super famous, but yeah. he's no longer with us, right? No. And, and, and Tony, then, and then there, I'm not sure at what era Zach Wild was even in there. When was Tony? Really, what about Tony Iommi? Is it Tony Iommi? Well, that was back in Black Sabbath. Oh right, okay. So you don't know much more than I do. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not a fan of Ozzy. I hate to say it, I'm not a fan of Ozzy Ozzy you know, Osbourne. I was a fan of Black Sabbath, but right. that was a band that. Ozzy was, you know, the singer of, but that was the very first time he came on the scene with Black Sabbath. And I was a big Black Sabbath fan, not big, but I liked them. Yeah. And, and then Ozzy went on to have his solo career. And then he had all these pretty famous guys playing with him, like Randy Rhodes, Zach Wilde. I guess there were some more, you know, and they were all really good guitar players. I just don't know the order, like, you know, I don't know which order they came in and stuff like that because I wasn't following Ozzy. No, in his solo career. But. I I ran into Ozzy and Sharon in a f um, furniture store when I was buying my couch for the studio. <laughs> I actually watched him more on TV than I did listen to him. Because remember when he had the reality show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I watched that sometimes because it was pretty nuts. <laughs> oh, they're crazy motherfuckers. Yeah. Sharon's yeah. really nice. I met Sharon backstage once, and she was she was a sweetheart. But I wouldn't want to fuck with her. I think she'd be. She'd be, she'd be a tough you. woman. You wouldn't want to fuck with Sharon. She'd fuck you up. <laughs> so, guitar oh. wankers, how we doing? Are we surviving whoa, the Holocaust? <laughs> oh, I, I just found out we're in the top 1% of all podcasts. Yeah, did you hear that, Scott? No. We I are didn't. in the top 1% of all podcasts. Bruce, tell them what that means. Oh, dude, I'm supposed to tell them what that means? Well, it means there's, there's a... There's 99% below us. <laughs> <laughs> it means there's so many podcasts that we've been pushed into the 1%. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah, right. There's so many of them that to be in the 1%, you know, you got to have like more than 50 listeners, you know. Wow, cool. No, so that's, no, that's like kind of cool. like 15 grand a month or something, right? That's amazing. Was it 15,000 a month or something? No, it was right? closer to 20. Oh, cool. Wow. 20. Cool. 
So, you know. Well, we better talk about something interesting then, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think you know, we never have before if we got this far. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, damn, we're, everyone's going through. We're all going through it. The whole, it's not just us. The whole world is going through this shit. How are we doing? This How is are we doing? Uh, is that nuts. the royal we or the personal we? No, well, I don't know, man. Are you mean like us personally or the world? No, well, I know the world's fucked up. It's shit is it's we're in the twilight zone. Shit is batshit crazy. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, you just turn on you turn on the news and every day it's some new crazy ass bullshit. Yeah, it's it's you nuts know, out there. It's scary like it, and it's nuts. It's scary because we have a scary leader who's basically a fascist. Yeah. You know, and he is basically turned our country into you know what nazi germany was going through when hitler was coming to power it's basically the same shit just happening to us yeah it's you know, it's so, crazy times uh, it's just crazy times man you never expect it that we would lose our democracy but we're about to we're heading down uncharted another doors. four years of this and we won't be a democratic nation anymore i I don't emo- I don't think emotionally a lot of people will but handle another four years of this. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to say anything because I remember four years ago on this podcast I was going, "Oh, Trump's not going to win." Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then look what happened. Well, <laughs> oh, just man. mentally, the pandemic shit, the COVID stuff is just it's just draining. I, I one of my composers today informed me that he's got it and he said he feels oh, no. horrible. He said it, it is the worst. He feels like crap. I know somebody now that has it too. Really? And, uh, I haven't heard the news of how it's affecting him yet, but he's a young guy. I'm sure he'll get through it. He's a young healthy guy. Right. I don't expect that it's going to kill him, but I do, you know nobody that is I've only heard a few people say they just went through it like it was nothing. Most people say it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So that's just what my personal experience is. And, of course, when you see on the news and you see somebody with a tube down his throat, can't be that much fun. No, not good that's, times at all. So, And then I've, I'm, I've unfriended I don't know how many people <laughs> on Facebook. But if you come on Facebook and come up with, you know, a Rod Serling meme that says, imagine a virus so, uh, you know, so deadly that you have to be tested to even know you have it. They get immediately unfriended. You know, like, like you know, those guys that yeah. say that they don't take it seriously, that it's either a hoax or you shouldn't be afraid of it. There's only 177,000 people <laughs> dead. That's not it, that it's many. It's actually 185 now. Fuck. Oh, 185. Okay, thank you. Fuck. So, you know, as soon as I see those kind of posts on Facebook, those motherfuckers get unfriended immediately. I don't and, care if you know, it's, relatives or whatever. It's Facebook and Instagram and stuff that enables people to say that shit before they didn't have a place to say it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, it's definitely brought out the crazies. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, I had to unfriend that. a guy that I've known since before high school. Wow. And I and I and I wrote him and I said, you know, you're a dumb fuck. You used to be a you used to be like a normal guy. And I don't know what happened, but you moved to Texas, not to say anything bad about Texas, but apparently some people he ran into Texas are idiots and he became one. So <laughs> fuck you, you're gone. I don't know him anymore. You know, man, I made the mistake recently to get into it with someone and 
there's no it's so stupid to even go there on any of those social media because you're just you go down that rabbit hole and I found that I vented, he vented, we both got angry and then the shit sat with me and I couldn't sleep and I just wanted to I wanted to yell and scream and I wanted to get angrier and angrier and I was like fuck this shit is it's eating at me so bad and what it just didn't achieve anything. It was stupid. It was dumb on every level. I know, you know, the stuff you read on Facebook and stuff people doing such dumb shit and saying such dumb shit you know like the girl who comes on facebook and says there should only be one voter in the household and that should be the man <laughs> like <laughs> what what do you say to somebody like that she's come are you, so far what, are you fucking watching the handmaiden's tale every night and that's really where your brain went like what's wrong with you that's the sad yeah. that is sad man when we're all trying to take us forward and people have got that mentality it's very they're sad. just trying to pull us back to the dark ages man i swear to god you know what it's like it's like trying to use that diminished chord over the seventh and then someone's like no we've got to stick with the seventh man we can't go to the diminished it's too much <laughs> it's exactly like that right well, I don't know. I wouldn't mind going back to when there were gigs. If that's the dark ages, then I'm send me back, man. Yeah, it would be nice to have a gig. That right. would be cool. I had one. Hey, Bruce had a gig. Friday night. I actually played a gig Friday night, man. You know, and it's weird to have a mask on the whole time, I'll tell you. Yeah, that must be a little bizarre. Oh, it was bizarre, man. Yeah. It was like it was like two ninety minute sets. Wow. And it was with sax and vocals. So you know, I was pretty busy the whole time, as you can imagine. <laughs> was the was the was the uh, people in the audience wearing masks? Some were, some weren't, but they were all like six feet apart. You know, like the tables oh, okay. spread out. The tables were all distanced. Yeah, a whole different thing, man. I mean, it was great. The people were really nice and really appreciative, and you know, they were like throwing money at us in a tip jar. I mean, they were just so glad to be out listening to music again. Uh-huh. But it, it was just weird. I mean, the singer couldn't have a mask, of course, and the horn player, what good is that going to do? So I'm sort of sitting behind them with a mask on, you know, like, and I'm just breathing into this fucking thing, and it's, like, full of slobber. You know, I felt like a pit bull, you know, with, like, a, a muzzle on him or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I know just even wearing a mask for a couple hours, going out and doing errands and stuff, it's not easy. I, It's hard for me to breathe in those things. I mean, I'll wear it, but it's just I, I sure ain't going to make no 12-hour flight wearing one. So, <laughs> no. so gigs for me are pretty much out of the question. Yeah. So, so that's where you stand with the masturbate? Yeah. <laughs> masturbate. Yeah. Well, you know, we have, a, we have a tour booked in March, and it's a really, really, really great tour. It's, it's, it's one of the best tours that I've seen so far in my career. It's two months long. Wow. All over Europe and 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 russia and everywhere but i'm not sure the eu is going to let us in right that's that's march i mean hopefully things will get better by then but if the eu doesn't let us in i'm not going anywhere so right well that's that's a foregone conclusion you know yeah so i have no idea if that tour is even going to happen it would be great if it did um but i can't expect I can't expect it. Just hope for it to happen. Plan for it. You know, yeah. it dead and it dead. What the hell? That's it. That's it. Man, who'd have thought that we'd be going through this? It's, it's fucking nuts. We are going through some heavy shit right now. Yeah. Heavy yeah. shit. And, 
And, you know, the thing is, is the numbers keep climbing. And as the numbers keep climbing, you find more and more people who just deny that any safety precautions should be taken at all. You know, they just they just don't care. Yeah. Because they see it as a, it's a smoker's mentality, obviously. You know, yeah, I smoke a chain. I, I'm a chain smoker, but I may not get cancer. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things at play here, you know. Yeah, it's like but. wearing seatbelts doesn't save every life. But you know what? It, it, it might help. So fucking well, wear it, you know. It might help. Just, um, I would, I mean, I, I wear a seatbelt. Yeah. And. I don't really like wearing a seatbelt, but I wear it. Yeah. I don't like much like being security checked at the airport either and have to take all my belt off and my shoes off or whatever, but I do it. Exactly. It's just whatever. I don't, you, I don't like restringing my guitar, code. but I What's do that? it. I don't like restringing my guitar, but I do it. I don't like putting <laughs> strings on my guitar because strings are dangerous. They contain explosive nitrogen and can catch the guitar on fire. So I'd rather play it without strings on it. Yeah, but, I'm sure you'd sound better. <laughs> <laughs> I, why did I know that was coming? <laughs> that was a great setup. So what have you guys been up to? I know I've been talking to Bruce. Bruce has been doing his Grumps TV. That's been – hold it. You've been fucking fire running and evacuating and – Man. Yeah, you've got to tell some good fire stories, man. Oh, man. Not that I'm making light of it because that's some man. shit. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just crazy. Uh, the place filled up with smoke. I guess it was about a little over a week ago, right? And and they came through saying, well, you're going to have to evacuate. You know, the fire is only just over the next ridge. And, you know, I live in this really wooded canyon, you know, so it's like a fire trap for days. And, um, and so... It was right in that big bad heat strike. He, he that heat heat uh, we had. Heat wave we had. Yep. It had been like a hundred four every day, a hundred six every day here, which it never really gets to. And uh, you know, and, and Pammy, my wife, she left town because it was so hot. She went and got in her like camper van and went up to Mendocino to like camp out with the dog. So it was just me kind of watering the plants and hunkering down. And uh, and then the evacuation came, and I filled up her car with shit, and I filled up my car with shit. I had a friend of mine come over with his wife and take her car over to his house, and then I moved into town. A friend of mine put me up, and then I, you know, every day that I could come back, I did come back to the houses to see if it was standing or to water the plants. We've got a garden here, you know, we eat out of the garden, and so you know, I'd water the plants, and it was just full of smoke and fucked up shit, you know, and couple of days i tried to come out and there was just too much smoke i couldn't do it damn and that uh, ever happened to you before bruce as long no, as it, it, it never we we'd been close to a wildfire before but we'd never been evacuated uh-huh and um and actually from where my park my wife's car i had to go get it because that got evacuated you know and uh it, it was just nuts and but we got lucky and they fought it back and our canyon never you know never got impacted and so we moved back in, I guess, about last Saturday. And uh, it sure changes your perception. I'm kind of like, you know, they, that, that earthquake thing, like a go bag, you, you know, that you're supposed to have, yeah. like, by the door, you got your important mm-hmm. shit. You know, and I mean, I'm just now to the point where I kind of leave my guitar out of the case in the office for the first few days. It was packed by the door 
you know, so if I could only leave, I had this one backpack and my guitar and I could get out the door, you know. Does your house smell like smoke still? Uh, no, not so bad. Uh, th that's uh -huh. pretty much dissipated, but I had it really locked down and sealed. Uh-huh. So it never did smell much like smoke. Outside, it does a little bit. And, and now we're getting smoke again because there's a fire in Big Sur and there's this huge fire in Santa Cruz. So there's like fires around us that if the wind blows right, it'll look like everything's on fire, even though it's wow. not near us. Wow. Man, it's, you're so lucky that you, you got out with no, you know, yeah, Jimmy oh. Earl lost his house last year. Who? A bass player, great bass player. Wow. And the year before that, I believe Simon Phillips lost his house. Yeah, and Simon lost his. And Lee Rittenauer, right? And Lee Rittenauer, right. Right, now, I forgot. Yeah. Bruce, you seemed, you seemed to come to terms with, if you, ha if you were going to lose everything, you, I mean, you seemed pretty cool, calm, collected about it when we were talking. How did you make a decision about what guitars what equipment to grab? Well, well, I had time. Right. I had time. So I, uh, you know, I filled up two car loads, you know, and decent sized cars. So that's a lot of stuff. Right. You know, so I took pretty much every guitar. Oh, okay, good. I, but I'm, I'm not a guy with 30 or 40 guitars. I only have like four or five, you know. Right. So it was pretty easy. The Parker guitar, of course, that was the first thing I, I took because it's, that doesn't belong to me. You know, he loaned it to me. So I feel responsible for that. Um, you know, I just took the guitars and I took uh, important papers. I grabbed some clothes, you know, and yeah. a couple of pictures of things. You know, my wife told me what she wanted me to grab, so I grabbed that. And uh, You didn't grab amps? No, no, I have an amp in the car. Right. My important amp is with you, so. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's really weird, though. Like, if it happens to you, man, you're going to, like, you're going to want to grab my thing first because, you know, just, I would think. I mean, that's the way I feel. I just, I had another friend who loaned me a snare drum, you know what I mean? And I still had it. And it was, like, his father's snare drum from the 30s or something. Well, and I, I grabbed, of course, I grabbed that. You well, know, I we're want... okay here, Bruce, because if there was a fire, I just throw everything in the pool. So oh, it'd there be you okay. Go. That's right. Yeah, 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 right. Scott, if you had to run out the door, I know you've got a bunch of amps and guitars. What would you be grabbing? So I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I'd grab my computer because that's got everything on it. That, right. You know, and then. Do, do you keep everything in the cloud too, though? No, not really. Not uh, documents and big files like that. So I'd grab the computers. I'd grab like the vintage amps, stuff that I can't replace. You're right. You know, my favorite guitars. But I'd obviously I'd have to leave a lot. I'm, I'm lucky we don't really live in a in a in a place like that. We're all cement here. I live in the middle of town, so you know. It'd be more about earthquakes. Be more about earthquakes with us. Yeah, and it, I mean, you know, it's like you've got various things, levels of it. If you got like a, a couple hour notice, then you've got one level of evacuation. You got leave now. Well, that's another. You know, if you're lucky to get your shoes on, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it, it just kind of is what it is. And uh, there are a couple things that I was sad to say goodbye to if I had to. You know, I've got this really nice rug I've loved for a long time, but there's a shitload of furniture on top of it. I couldn't move all that furniture and get at it. You a know rug. Yeah, an, an oriental rug, yeah, wow. that I really love. 
And, and there's like a bookcase on top of it that weighs like I, a ton. I never figured you for a rug guy. <laughs> oh, man, this rug is so nice. Man. Talking about his wig, not a rug. <laughs> See a rug there, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. All right. So so if you guys had a choice, that's that's not a rug. That's a weave. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So if you had a choice between dealing with a fire coming at you, a big bushfire coming at you, or you had to deal with a 7.0 earthquake, what would you deal with? What would you prefer to deal with? I don't know. I've never had a fire experience, but I've definitely had a few earthquakes. But a seven? Experiences. Yeah, when I was in, uh, when I was in, uh, you know, in Japan that time, oh, wow. where they had the big, the biggest earthquake ever. <clears throat> it caused a tsunami that killed about a hundred thousand people. Um, I was in the middle of that shit. Damn, that was fucking scary. Wow, um, that was the only serious earthquake I've ever been in. That's you a know, serious one. Because, you know, the ones that they, that makes the ones that we have here in LA look like nothing. Right. So, I mean, I saw the whole ground moving like water. Wow. Wait, were you, you know, at a I, hotel? No, I was in a, actually, I was in a parking lot on the way to a gig. We stopped <laughs> at a gas station to get off the freeway because we thought it would be dangerous to be on the freeway. So we pulled off real quick into a gas station. We were at the part of the gas station where there was no cars or no pumps. We were just out in a big open cement area where nothing could fall on us or anything. And I watched the concrete move like waves. Damn. And I saw big semi trucks almost tipping over. Wow. You know, like they were rocking to the point where I thought one of them would surely like fall over on its side. So it was wild. And, you know, we were pretty calm, but the promoter's wife was not. And she was screaming at the top of her lungs through the whole thing, which lasted about 45 seconds. So if it hadn't have been for her screaming, it would have been like a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, well, usually with a fire, but not always. You get a little bit more notice. Yeah, right. It's going to happen. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Earl said it happened so fast. Yeah, that he didn't get out of the house with much because yeah, yeah. it happened so fast that one minute we're going to be okay, and the next minute you're out of here and your house is gone. Yeah. Wow. You know, when I was working with Zawinul, there was a fire up in Malibu where he lived. His neighbor's house burned down on on the left side and on the right side, <laughs> and his house didn't get touched. That's not just yeah. pure luck. Yeah. yeah, it's pure luck. Pure luck, you know. And it's just, uh, man. Well, you're. I'm just glad you got out, and you you're Me not. Me too. You, and you know, I mean, and I, I just, man, you know, it's just like part. It's you know, pandemic and craziness and school being online and. You know, no gigs anymore. Like my, my career is over. You know, and oh, by the way, there's a fire. Okay, so what? you know, what I mean? you know it move, sounds move, like a bad move. joke. No, no, you know, yeah, and, and answers to the name of Lucky. You know what I mean? Uh, twenty twenty, how we love you. And uh, and I mean, luckily, I, I stayed in a in a really these great friends' house, and they treated me so. Great. I mean, I even did my Grumps TV show from their office. You know, <laughs> that's great. I mean, it was like they were so cool, man. Wine and dine me, and 
really great friends. We played music, you know, we like, they're musicians, you know, we walked, they live near the beach in Carmel. We walked on the beach, you know, it was like, it's just a great, good way to write out that experience as anybody could ever have. I, my heart goes out to all the other people who, like, imagine, like, there are some, uh, like, assisted living kind of places, you know, people on disability and shit out here, and they had to be moved. Well, I mean, they, I'm sure they got moved to some really horrendous place, you know, and I mean, waiting it out, not knowing what happened, with no control over everything. Like, couldn't the grab their guitars their meds and all that. I mean, you know, this, this is like, you're talking about people really in bad shape. Yeah. You know, so for me, you know, I, I had it like, I had the Cadillac tour of it, you know, still scary. So I'm just grateful. And my heart goes out scary. to everybody who, who either lost anything or really, you know, is still dealing with it as a hardship. You know? Man, I'll be just happy. This could be our last guitar wank podcast because I don't know what 2020 is going to bring around the corner. <laughs> right, I, well. I just want to make it to the end of the year, dude. I just want to get the 2021. Well, I promise it's going to get worse. Yeah, it's probably going to get worse. It, it looks like it looks like we're on a straw, solid trajectory for a while of just riding out bad shit, you know. But you know, it's happened before, and not like this, but it's happened before. It's been really bad before, so yeah. Just got. I mean, I, the way I look at it, I'm just going to try and stay positive. I love playing music. I'm playing every day. You know, that's what I do. And if music playing comes back, if not, I'm still doing it because I've got sounds that I got to find, man. You know, they're just they're there in me, and I want to hear them. You know, Scott, are you playing? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm. <laughs> transcribing mostly just like always what are you know? transcribing that's how i get sounds into my head i'm tired of what i've heard right so if i've heard it before i don't want to hear it again right now i want to hear only new things and new harmony and new things that just surprise me so i'm listening to some classical musicians that i've never heard of because you know sonia is a doctor of classical music and she has all the recordings and she plays it and so i hear it yeah and if, if i'm interested in transcribing it i transcribe it and then there's other composers that i've looked up to for many years and i transcribed some of their stuff and yeah of course i play i mean i said i probably practice at least three or four hours a day but it's not all i do you know because yeah. i feel like when I practice, it's just, I'm just, you know, I'm just honing my skills like I always do, just keeping my chops up, blah, blah, blah. But the input from other people, from other composers, that's what's really keeping me afloat. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I had a talk about it with, um, who was I talking with about this? That Oh, it was Bruce. It was Bruce. Duh. <laughs> um, we were talking on the phone and just sort of saying how, how, a lot of how, what we practice and what we do has always been kind of career oriented. You know, like I've, I've always written music, done albums, time for, okay, you do an album, okay, it's time for work on the next album. And everything is, everything you practice on is geared to whatever you're doing in your career. If you have a gig, you practice those tunes. If you have this, you practice that. Yeah. You know? So practicing is geared to what's coming next. Now there's nothing coming next. So, <laughs> so, you just, so you're just practicing. For, for me, this is a fun time 
just to sort of get to know my instrument better and to be well, a student again. Yeah, I felt that like was lacking. I was, you know, be a student again, just study the guitar, learn new things on the guitar. For what? We'll find out. You know, probably those things will come out when I start writing again, which I'll probably do soon. I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't blow that off forever. Sooner or later, I'll have to start writing again, and I'll do it, and I'll be happy about it. But right now, it's more time for input than output. Right. So, so that's it. You know, I've just been sort of using this pandemic and staying home to 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 flood myself with lots of input. Have you, you know? And 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 we'll see what happens when I get active again and start playing gigs and start writing. Um if any of that influences me in one way or another, I definitely haven't been listening to any one thing more than any other thing as far as style. Right. It's not like I've just been sitting around only listening to classical music. <laughs> I've, I've listened to lots of stuff, listen to rock and roll and blues and jazz and funk and everything. Like I always do. Yeah. But, but there's certain things like, yeah, I transcribed, um, put a ring on it. Beyonce. <laughs> Because I've always just wondered about that tune. It's right. like to me one of the most brilliant pop tunes in the last ten years, and and I listened to it and I transcribed the synthesizer part and all the little things going on. Not not as much as a harmony musician, but as a producer, right? You know, to just to see what's going on with pr production. You know what image I've got in my head part. right now, Scott? You you what's know that? the music video. Oh yeah, I, I my image is, is you in a um in a leotard doing that music video in yeah, your living room. Yeah, you know room. those the three girls dancing <laughs> yeah. next to each other, the black and white. I can see video. you doing that yeah. with your guitar, like strutting around, like getting into that yeah. tune. But dude, the production on that tune—it's <laughs> a killer insane. song. It's insane. It's yeah. some it's some zonal shit. You know, it's some it's deep, yeah. really deep. Yeah. And 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 when you listen to it and you listen to all the things that are going on in the background, it's subtle, but they're there. Yeah. And they add to it and the, the the way they produce that tune. So it's not just the harmony stuff that I'm into. I'm into kind of everything and I and I I transcribe some of that kind of stuff just to see what's making it tick, what's making it groove so hard. Yeah. Cuz that is grooving hard. Oh yeah. That, oh, you, oh my Beyonce, god. man, she's badass. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah, her writers are badass and her producers are badass. They must make a lot of money because they're probably the best in the business right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, a lot of people put her down because she, I guess she doesn't write much of her own music, but that's probably a good thing because a lot of the singers that do write their own music, their music sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I would rather hear Beyonce not write her own music and listen to this writing team she has because they're fucking badass. And, well, you, you um, can't do everything. Yeah. yeah, but that's it, man. Otherwise, you know, no, no new gear, nothing like that. Just hanging out the house, playing all the time. Yeah, you know? I guess it's. That's I it. guess through this time, there's going to be a lot of musicians that go to go to the next level in some way because they've just had to sit and shred. And practice and play because just to keep our minds together through this well, shit. I think we're gonna lose a lot we're gonna lose a lot of them too. A lot of guys I think have really particularly you get to a certain age, and won't mention what age that is, but if you get to a certain age and then you just sort of stop, 
you know, like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just do this. When it comes back, I'll go back into it. Yeah. Uh, the shit kind of don't come back for it. You, you know what I mean? There's a certain age where you really have to stay on top of it, stay on the horse, stay in shape, whatever you want to say, and really be, you know, headed towards the goal. Because it's just not like when you're young, when things are just easy to regenerate and your your mind your your mind is really you know strong and fertile and your body is too um as you get older your wisdom is there but you know you need to keep your contact with the instrument and the music yeah i'm worried about the guys my age and older who are kind of going fuck it you know i just well when we start playing i'll start playing and i just know it's going to be some rusty ass crusty shit you know what I, mean? <laughs> I feel like it's going to be some rusty ass crusty shit and i'm playing four and five hours a day and it's still going to be some well, that, that's my point so imagine if you did yeah well you know what it is for me too is it's like when you get back on stage after all this after not playing for a year yeah. you know for me especially playing some of the places i played that are hard to play because the sound's not you know, I've had this pristine place to play in my room where everything sounds good and I hear ex everything exactly the way I want to hear it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not how the world works. <laughs> so that's so those bedroom shops. Yeah, that's another. That's a thing. I'm. I'm. Well, like, yeah, the, the, oh, but those. Can, you see, if you're if you're adjusting to that, right? That's one thing, but if you're adjusting to that and the fact that your hands won't fucking find a note you're looking for, <laughs> that's way worse. More problems. I mean, it's okay. You get on the stage and you're dealing with one fucked up thing. You know that you have a chance, but if you if it's like the fucking walls are coming in on you, you know you're kind of yeah. like it's fucked up. You know. Yeah, that's that's not good, man. No. That's every day I'm playing giant steps like way faster than I ever have, and my chops are up. Like I mean. <laughs> probably more than they've ever been but it doesn't it, it almost like to me that's not what's important the, the, what's important to me like right now is that i'm hearing things in my head that i never heard before and that's where I, that's my goal is to keep hearing things that i've never heard before like when i sit down and play the guitar and i mean just play with no tune because i'm totally against playing i'm not i I should never say that. I am not against standards. I love everybody that plays standards. God bless you all. But I do not play standards. Right. So when I when I play my guitar, I play and I invent music that's my own. And when I go from chord to chord and just invent harmony on the spot, I'm better at it than I ever have been thanks to all this work and some lessons that I've been taking with absolutely have helped me because I took lessons with some, a few cats and now I'm sort of seems like I'm way better at it than I used to be, you know, and I can keep an interesting thing going on and I'm kind of getting satisfied with a lot of the stuff that comes out. Whereas before I was like, Ugh, yuck, ooh, ouch. Oh no. <laughs> Horrible. Well, you know, Scott, I enjoyed giving that lesson to you, mate. It was good. Yeah, and it was good. Thanks Troy for that. All that amazing insight. Yeah. It was you know. incredible. But you know, all I'm saying is that I, I'm, I'm sort of like just trying to open up and hear stuff that I've never heard before. And a lot of that, transcription helps you do that because you listen to something and you go, geez, I never would have thought to do something like that. And I think what it does is it makes you braver when mm. you transcribe stuff because 
a, a lot of us when we when we're writing or when we're doing something we're going we're in what i call slow time not real time but slow time right where you're sitting there and going hmm, <clears throat> what happens if i take this a major seven flat five and the next chord is an f minor seven you know sharp nine or flat nine or whatever it is and 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 you go geez i can't put those chords together that wouldn't make any goddamn sense but actually in real time it goes by like that right and no one even knows what is amazingly dissonant in stop time is incredibly not dissonant in the big picture when you're listening to it in real time yeah and i have learned to be way braver and and do stuff that i probably wouldn't do because i'm doing so much more real time playing than sitting there going should i do this or should i do that <laughs> Are you are you guys yeah. when you're transcribing? Do you guys always have guitar in hand? Do you prefer to do it and play along, stop, work it out, play along with it, or are you more or less writing it down? How do you do it? No, I don't. I I I would need my guitar. I don't have perfect pitch. I I do know some guys with perfect pitch who could sit there and transcribe the whole Wayne Shorter Atlantis <laughs> album with with a pen and a paper and not even need their keyboard. <laughs> going, That's crazy, man. How can you do that? Because perfect pitch, man. Yeah, but, right. But but no, I don't have perfect pitch. I need my guitar, and I only write down the stuff that really appeals to me. I don't transcribe whole tunes. Right. You know. I'll transcribe like a phrase, a chordal phrase that I think is really, really cool. Because, you know, you can't steal too much. I mean, otherwise everybody knows where it comes from. Mm. You, you can only steal little tiny bits and pieces, maybe three chords moving, a chordal movement of three chords. I think that's probably the only, all you could probably get away with and not get caught. Yeah. But, yeah. And you do it forever. I mean, it's, you know, you steal from one person, it's plagiarism. But if you steal from a million people, it's research. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that are such a dead giveaway. Like if you played an E major seven chord with the major seven in the melody and then played a, a C major seven chord with the D in the melody, it would be Havona the famous Jaco Pastorius tune, and everybody would hear it and go, that's Havona. <laughs> right. But there's some things you just can't do. You can't you know, do, there's yeah. Just some, there are some really, really famous chords and intervals that you can't steal because everybody Everyone will knows. know you got it. Unless you, you blatantly know you're going there to pay homage. So, <laughs> right. But Better to steal from the middle of the song from than the very beginning. <laughs> but it's it's like that with tone and effects as well. There's some effects and sounds that you, as soon as you go there, it's like, well, fuck, you're just stepping on that guy's sounds. Yeah, it's hard not to, man. So many guys play strats and so many guys play hollow body guitars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you go somewhere where no one has ever been close to? It's almost impossible really really horrendous tone well you know i mean for me you know i mean i i, I can say I, I do almost the exact same thing scott's doing you know i mean for me i'm just finding what i'm hearing you know i have lots of things in my head from all the music i've heard and played you know people i've played with in my life that like when i sit and play shit just comes to me that i've never really i mean i know i've heard it before but i've never heard it before in terms of like when I was playing, heard it to play it. 
you know, in, in a moment. And so I, I spend my time finding what all that is, you know what I mean? And frankly, there is nothing you can't do on a blues or a standard that you can't do on any, on any song in the world. I mean, the, the limitations are there, are there because of the person's concept of what the limitations are. Not, I mean, you can reharmonize standards as much as you can reharmonize a Wayne tune or a Ravel concerto or, you know, or, you know, Weber and any kind of music, you know, you want to go for there's, as long as you're improvising and you're finding things, there's room to do things everywhere. It's like, you got to find out what you're hearing and get to it. And then, of course, as Scott says, you got to keep imprinting more things in there to, so you can grab them. You know, and then and then the next step is the imagination, how you use these ideas. I mean, is really the originality just having, OK, I'm going to shove a Stratocaster up my ass and plug it into the wall instead of an amp, you know? Well, <laughs> nobody's ever really done that. I guess I'm pretty fucking original. You know, you can do that once or twice till you're fucking dead, you know, and, and it sounds like shit. You know, the whole idea, it. Really, if it comes from you, no, if it comes from you, it's original. I mean, yeah. you know, I think I think we kind of have this, like, God, you know, we got to find something that's never been done before. Well, what you're doing right now has never been done before. It's only being done by you. And no matter how much you want to copy Jimi Hendrix or Joe Pass or Charlie Parker or Wayne Shorter or Herbie Hancock, you're still you. You're never going to get away from that. And you're never going to be them. Mm, yeah. Well, that's you know true. I mean? I mean, that's totally true. I think my, my only – the only difference in what we're talking about is I'm sort of getting – Instead of inventing stuff, I'm listening to what other people do and going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, you know, I'm doing that too. To I mean, you know, but then, you know, you take it to your playing on the next level and now it's become. Yeah. Something well, yeah, you put it in there, it becomes part of your vocabulary and then right. you hear it. And, and it, it takes a, we all know it takes a little while before you, learn it before it actually comes out organically right you, know, you don't you can't force anything to come out because when you force it to comes out it sounds forced and a lot of times it sounds out of context but when you when it finally happens and you do express this new knowledge or whatever it is if it's a knowledge of lines or if it's a knowledge of harmony and it finally comes out in an organic way then you're glad you did the work yeah. You know, mm. and then and and you're going okay. Well, it was a pain in the ass to learn, but it, <laughs> and now now it's become like sort of part of what I do, and I I feel like it's natural. I've it's moved over from the left side of my brain to the right side of my brain, and that's where it needs to be. But right. moving it there is a bitch. <laughs> now, <laughs> is there yeah. anything you guys have had in the wheelhouse that maybe years ago? you wanted to get and you finally get and it became a part of your playing and then you got to a point in your lives where you're like, you know what, I don't want that in my playing anymore and you made a conscious decision not to do that anymore or not to go there anymore. Yes, absolutely. Sure. What, sure. What's, what is yeah. it? Do you remember or not? Yeah, I totally remember because, because there are some and I'm not saying this as a, a trying to be um, – I'm not trying to be looked down on anyone – or anyone's playing at all because you know but some of the licks that I learned or some of the lines that I learned when I was first learning jazz very first learning jazz 
they stayed with me, and a lot of them are pretty fucking corny. Right. And I don't like them. And I don't like me playing them. Right. Right? So I had to make a conscious effort to say, I'm not going to play this fucking line anymore because it sounds like I'm trying to be Charlie Christian. I'm not Charlie Christian. Yeah. You know, but these licks were really close to what, you know, that what was happening there. I got this, I got schooled one time. I was doing a recording with Joe. We were, we were playing little Rudy Tootie. Right. And, yeah. and that's a monk tune. Yep. And um, in fact, we even learned monks whole solo, I believe, and played it together, which was a blast because it was really fun. You know, I've never learned such a hard soul in my life. <laughs> so, so anyway, it came time for my solo and I was going to play the solo. And I said, Joe, just go away. Let me do this. Give me an hour. I'll get a solo on here. That's good. You know, so the rhythm changes tune. Yep. So I played accordingly. I played rhythm changes and I made every change and I played all those, you know, traditional lines that go in rhythm changes. Most of them are from Charlie Parker are from Bud Powell or from Charlie Christian or from though are from George Benson or from those cats. Yeah. Right. So, very traditional, very inside. It's what the tune wanted because it's that tune. Yeah. Right. Joe came in and he was like livid. <laughs> he said, erase that shit. <laughs> I said, you're not, he said, you're not in the fucking forties. Right. You know, this is the, this is the, the, a new way to play it, you know? And I was like, oh fuck. I just worked <laughs> on an hour on this thing and I was really proud of it. And he said, erase it. Right. And so his son, the engineer erased it. And I was like, great. So he says, play you don't play like Charlie Christian play like you play. Right. So I played one take and I tried to play some pretty out shit, you know, whatever it is, right. you know, he said, that's it. That's the solo. You're done. <laughs> First take. So he you wanted, know? he wanted Scott Henderson. He didn't want all yeah. these other players on there, right? He didn't want me to sound like a guitarist <laughs> from another era. So, so, so. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> he just wanted me to be me and not try to sound like Charlie Christian or a guy from the forties. So, so, you know, I, and, and then I started realizing, you know what, I, you know, I don't really play that kind of music so much. So it's probably better that I don't sound like that. So I, I, I kind of purposely have tried to get that really really and i'm not talking about the stuff that i love because i love a lot of it but some of it is so corny and traditional that i i don't want to go but 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 you know the chords <laughs> i'm talking about bruce yeah. you know and i don't want to do that that's not part of who i am so why should i do it so right. yeah so that's 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 the only stuff that I've that I've said, okay, I got to kind of, yeah, I don't need to have this in my playing anymore because I'm sound like I'm trying to be like a guy that I'm not. Right. So, so that's it. I mean, no big deal. What about you, Bruce? Well, you know, over the years, I've had, um, you know, like when when 
when you're playing and you're coming around the end of your solo and you really want to get get a, you know a good climax going, you know. And and there've been little devices I've had that kind of get the drummer excited so he starts playing like really super loud polyrhythmically and crashing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I had these little devices that were kind of like my like you could light the fuse and set off a bomb basically. Mm. You know what I mean? What and are they? After a while, it started to feel sort of uh, contrived. What are those devices, Bruce? Well, like there's sometimes there's one you can play like a, a tremolo note. Boom, 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 boom. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh -huh. you know, sometimes even that West thing, and everybody like gets into big, you know. And I still <laughs> do like the, the concept of that a lot, the big yeah. band concept. Uh -huh. But the but but I mean, I had specific licks that I would play just to get get out of, you know, to get to where I needed to go. And and my problem was I was realizing that I wasn't being, I wasn't forcing myself to come up with something new in that, you know what I mean? And right. taking the risk not to get the orgasm, you know what I mean? Right. You just and know something's so, going to work and you go for it. I have not really played since almost Richie Cole days. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I've got new ones now. Right. And I have to constantly stay on the vigil Oh, that! I better watch out for that. You know, I'm going to be using that too much. You know, I move on. You know, I mean, it's, I constantly do that, and it's not that it's bad. I love it. I think it's great. Right. But it's the way I use it. I use it for a purpose that's not really musical or in context with what I'm playing. I'm using it to get over. Right. 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 And and so I. And then it's like treating the other musicians like little, you know, like Pavlov's dog. You know what I mean? You ring the bell, they're going to eat dinner. You know what I mean? You throw so, the bone and you know they're going to go for it. <laughs> only, only if you had used it for good instead of evil, Bruce. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, you should use, try, try to use that stuff for good instead of evil. No, no, I'm not guilty. I don't feel guilty about it. A lot of that shit is great, you know, but... But for me, that, that's something that's you ask, like, when did I like say, stop playing that? You need to find something new. Stop playing that. You need to find yeah. something new. You know, I had a problem for a while and I, maybe I still do. But <laughs> I have my friend, Scott Kinsey, you know, we've had him on the show. He's such a good friend of mine that he knows he can give me any kind of criticism and I'm going to take it with love. You know, <laughs> I know he doesn't have it out for me. He doesn't hate me. He's always trying to tell me things that 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 help me. So I asked him, you know, he, he saw a gig and I said, Kenzie, you know, how can I be better? How can I be a better guitar player? Like, what's what do you hear that 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 bothers you? And he told me, he said, man, I'm I, honestly, you know, you're playing your ass off. But honestly, in my opinion, and this is just me and it's just my personal taste, but I'm hearing too many 16th notes like I would rather hear you play with more space i would rather hear you float more because he knows i know how to do that very well because i'm a good blues player and i know how to play a ballad and he knows that there are certain guys like wayne like jeff beck like hendrix who float over time mm. it doesn't matter if it's a ballad or a slow blues or funk or rock or if it's up tempo or whatever they just ignore the time and play rubato. And Kinsey knows I know how to do that pretty good. And he wishes I did it more. Mm. He says, you're too caught up in the time, man. You're playing 16th notes every chance you get. And it's starting to sound monotonous. 
And I was like, you know what? He's right. It's like, I'd like, I, I want more to split my shit up between eight, playing eighth notes in time, playing 16th or triplets in time and just floating and just floating over the time. Like, like that style that I love that I l listen to when Wayne Shorter plays. That's one of the things I love the most about Wayne Shorter's playing. See, that's interesting. He's Scott. He's playing rubato. He's not playing in time at all. And neither did Hendrix. Hendrix very rarely played in time. Well, that's it. Scott. Scott Kenzie said something similar to me. He said, Troy, if you could just play in time. That's what he said to me. So it's kind of curious. It's interesting that we're almost getting the same advice, but opposite. Yeah, we're getting the same opposite advice from Kenzie. <laughs> he just said, Troy, yeah. just play in time. Just in yeah. time. That will really help you play. Well, he just told me. He told me to try to play good. You know. <laughs> yeah, just good. Yeah, you know. I I you know, appreciate you Maybe you'll get better. You know. No, I really appreciated the 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 feedback because I know that sometimes I get into sixteenth noteville, and before you know it, I'm playing too many fucking sixteenth notes, and. There may be rests and stuff, but here I go again. Hey, could you And it's like, give it a fucking rest, man. I don't like people that play like that, so I don't want to play like that. Right. That's good advice. So, you know, he was right, man. So I'm really trying to cool that out a little bit and, you know, do it from time to time, of course, because it's exciting. Yeah. To is, also do my other thing, you know, to try to make it a little more, to add a little bit of variety into my playing instead of playing the same shit all the time. I, so I, I, that. Is that potentially a new album, um, name of the new album, Less Sixteenths? <laughs> <laughs> no Sixteenth. Like, that, that, that's that's a new name, Less Sixteenths. It's like Les Paul. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> Hey, it reminds me, I, I got a great video off Lyle Workman a couple of weeks back, and I sent it to Bruce, and it was um, Simon and Garfunkel, I think at Pasadena, playing The Sounds of Silence, and then Eddie Van Halen walks out on a Parker Flyer electric guitar, and it plays the worst solo you would ever imagine over it's a Sounds great. of Silence. It is brilliant. Oh, yeah, he couldn't buy a right note. He yeah. couldn't buy a Oh, right my note. God. You got, I'm going to send it to you, Scott. It is fucking hilarious. I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it? I've, oh, and, yeah. And, and then Paul Simon plays a couple of notes as he walks off, as Eddie walks off the stage that sound like, oh, finally somebody can play on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what's good? Have you heard Have you heard the one that's going around, William Shatner with Richie Blackmore? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, William Shatner <laughs> sings The Thrill Is Gone with Richie Blackmore on guitar. And how is it? You oh, you gotta hear it to believe it. I'm not even gonna talk about it. It's what you gotta hear to believe. Tell me, it's like fucking great. Tell me what I watched that thing with Eddie Van Halen, and uh, fair enough, his tone was he didn't have his tone, but but just to see someone iconic like that just completely fall apart was. <laughs> It was it was great because it was like oh he is fucking human he's not an alien he is human, which was awesome. But man, did he bomb bad on that one? Oh yeah, man, I sure bombed bad on some of my gigs. I sure know what it feels like. <laughs> oh yeah, big time, big time. I mean, I've had those kind of gigs where I just feel like I can't put two good notes together <laughs> in the in those those really bad moments where everything is spiraling down and all you get the feeling that all is lost. <laughs> It's the and worst. no matter what, it's just something like I, 
if something goes horrendously wrong with your phrasing and you just can't put it together yeah. to save it, it just <laughs> is gone. It's lost. And you start sounding like some guy that just can't play. And it's happened to me, man. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, it's happened to me a lot. Like I just, I just go. I don't know why this is going so wrong, but it's going wrong. <laughs> I'm in the like, middle of it. It's like being in the car with a drunk driver. It's like, and you can't, Kinda. you're not driving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think part of it is the fear yeah. and the frustration and the anxiety of knowing that it's happening, which makes it spiral down <laughs> even another couple <laughs> levels down. And that by that time you're so freaked out that it's happening to you. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Well, but when that happens, you also kind of do the wrong thing, which is like you fight to try to fix it, <laughs> as opposed to just relaxing and do something simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, your natural reaction is I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna you're like I'm going down the toilet, I'm gonna like hold on as tight as I can. Instead of, no, just float, man. Just float. It's okay. Yeah. Just float. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's gonna work. You know, it's gonna work out. And that's where like, you know, especially when you play particularly music that's got a lot of moving harmony and a lot of shit's going on and then nobody's grooving, everybody's playing a bunch. I mean you're you're that's down bound to happen you know i mean and and like if you, if you could just go like hey simplify let's just lay down some cool shit here get our get our foundation underneath us then we can go back you know it is the worst the feeling but, you know i mean in every case i think of all that happening to me so many times and Do it was know? always like my my re my reaction to it was resistance and trying to make it better by working harder when I'd have done much better by not having resistance and not working as hard. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you work yourself into making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know. You know what has has always bothered me. I guess it's the it's the nightmare situation for me on stage, and that's when I feel naked. Like for some reason, I am playing too loud, but am too stupid to realize it. <laughs> so. I can't hear the bass and drums in order to really groove with them. And I feel like I'm all bare naked by myself, yet I'm playing really, really soft, softer than I usually do. And it's just the room. It's just the room that doesn't like guitar or it's the room that's making the guitar sound really loud when it shouldn't. Or maybe I put too much guitar on the monitor and I just didn't, I'm not thinking clearly, but I feel naked. Yeah. And I feel like that I'm not connecting with anything solid around me, that I'm all there by myself. <laughs> and I guess, you know, the first thing I should do is just turn the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be but obvious. somehow that doesn't hit me. It's like, well, I'm playing really soft. Why, why can't I hear them? Because I could hear them at sound check, but now I can't hear them. Because oh, I guess maybe the room changed with people in it or whatever. Yeah. That's a horrible feeling when you're when you're when you're playing and you know you're not grooving because you don't hear the bass and drums as loud as you want to hear them, and you're too stupid to turn down. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> it is a nightmare, and it's I know I had a bunch of them when I was a young player, and that shit damaged me. And it stuck with me those embarrassing, completely falling apart on stage moments. Yeah, they they that was scars on my on my playing for a long time. Not yeah. cool. Not cool. <laughs> no, not cool. 
But then you get into a whole phase like I am where I'm like, hey, I'm alone all the time. So it's solo guitar playing now. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what it is. I mean, I was already kind of going there with my red guitar show and everything. So no big deal. But, you know, now I'm by myself. So it's like the groove, either I'm feeling the groove or I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it is. You know, I mean, what I play has has only to do with what I'm feeling. You know what I mean? I could be playing against it. I could be playing it. I could be leaving space. The groove is happening. It's got to be happening in me, you know, to make that mm -hmm. that experience work. And it's really been a learning experience that I, I really think that when I get back to playing with people, it's going to be a lot better because of it. Because I've had this much time to kind of like like Scott had mentioned. So much of my practice has always been. Uh, so much of it has been project oriented. I got a gig coming up. I got a record date coming up. I got an audition coming up. I've got some show, whatever, you know, I mean, or, or the other thing is just keeping up with the cats to be employable. You know what I mean? Oh, all of a sudden everybody's playing in seven. I got to learn how to play in seven. It's good. You know what I mean? Oh, oh God, did, you know, everybody's really into this harmony. Now I got to learn how to deal with that because I know I'm going to be on the gig and that's going to be in a bunch of tunes. So, you know, that kind of practicing has been a big part of my life. And then when I get here and all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if I'll ever have another gig again anyways. <laughs> and then it's like, just practice what you want to hear, you know, like learn the shit and follow the sounds that are in your head. And like, without any of that noise, without any, I have to do this for this gig. I have to do this to keep this yeah, gig. I have yeah. to do this for the record date. And then you just, I mean, you just kind of, you know, all of a sudden all that noise goes away and you realize you've been hearing a lot of shit all along that you just never had the ability to get to because you were too busy doing other shit. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and you know, and of course I've got that TV show, so I've got like a project twice a week. I mean, I've got to put on a one-hour show that usually has, I'm going to be playing some tunes, which that's not a problem. I'll just pick which tunes to play and play them. But there's like a concept for the show some parody songs, some jokes. I got some guests that are going to be part of it. You know what I mean? It's like this whole thing I'm putting together. It's like making a record every four days, you know? And it's really creative and it's really fun, but it really doesn't have as much to do with my practice. But, I mean, really, I mean, of all the people I'm listening to the most lately, it's Art Tatum. And, you know, and not for what most people would think, not for the chops part of Art Tatum. Because, I mean, the guy played like two piano two Oscar Petersons at the same time, you know, <laughs> right. but, but to me, it's the, um, first of all, his imagination, he was so free. He would just like, shit would happen. You could hear the time, but it was kind of never there, but it was always there. Uh, he, he was free to like every now and then a, a phrase might have 13 or 11 bars, a song that normally had eight. He was just like, he had a good idea. He just followed it. He didn't give a shit. He'd create interludes in the middle of sections. He'd uh, have mo false modulations and real modulations, deceptive cadences, you know, like there was this whole freedom in his playing of imagination. It's like, yeah, you could say this is a corny tune or this is a standard, but what he did with it, I mean, like, shit, yeah. he took it anywhere he wanted to go. And then and talking about him playing solo piano. Yeah. Not yeah. with a group, not with a band. No, not his his not his band things. But I'm talking about solo. I haven't heard nearly as much of his solo thing as I've heard him play with a band. 
Well, he's only got a few recordings with the band. I mean, most of his recordings are solo. There. Oh, I, I haven't heard very many of them, but I you know, check he's it out. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. I mean, supposedly Oscar Peterson quit playing when he heard Art Tatum. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I got to listen to more of him because and, and Oscar, you know, Oscar wrote that in the book. And then when I was working with Oscar, I asked him. I said, "Is that really true?" And he said, "Yes, it's true." I stopped. He said, but then. He kind of he we went from I stopped playing piano to I stopped playing jazz, uh -huh. so he'd probably still play classical and you know all that right. shit. You know? Wow! But um, but the other thing about this 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 you know and again I'm talking about his solo playing although his playing with like that those records of Buddy DeFranco and Buddy Rich were amazing or, or with you know God that those records are so or with Lionel Hampton shit uh -huh. they're amazing, but um. But he's kind of like staying home, taking care of business, because there was no bass player on those mm -hmm. records. Um, the thing I noticed is, and I want to use the word loco. When we use the word loco in music, meaning crazy, of course. But when we, we don't use it like a guy who's a serial killer or a guy who sits in the corner and like looks at his belly button crazy. <laughs> the, the kind of crazy we think of in music is like wild, uninhibited, okay. funny. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, unpredictable. That's right. how I always looked at Monk. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Art Tatum is very much the same way, except for uh, just like three monks at the same time. Yeah, know? right. Or just <laughs> way more chop. <laughs> right. And, and it, to me, embracing the spirit of that, mm -hmm. you know, getting over this sort of like, it's got to be this, it's got to be in this box, you know. Well, it has to be in that box if you're playing with people. You yeah. know, otherwise you can't play together, you know, unless you really are playing a kind of music that's super open and free, you know, but if you're like playing tunes with a tempo, you got to kind of keep it going that way. But, you know, if you're by yourself, all of a sudden, like you're in the middle of a section and you got this cool interlude, then you go to a new key and then you, you know, and you, and you, or you start playing time against time or you switch right away to three, four and you go, you know, I mean, all these things that you can do when you're playing solo mm -hmm. that you, that you don't have the opportunity to do when you're playing with other people, you know, you get around to the end of a song, like it's an E flat and the last note's an E flat, right? Boom. You hit a, instead you hit a B major because that D sharp or E flat is the third now instead of the root. Now from there, you can easily just go right back to E flat, you know, through a B flat seven or, or an E seven, but you can also just stay in B and, and, and you can even get rid of those, those resolution bars. So you're actually, you're starting the top of the tune in the 31st bar. I mean, there's all these things, there's no rules here. And, or if once you get to the B, then you can kind of start moving that around in parallel to find a new key from there. I mean, there's he does this shit, and it's like it's so musical and so expansive, and turns the tunes into like such freewheeling organisms. Yeah, know? I love that, man. I, I, you know, even dating going back to the really old blues players that would play five and seven bars where they're supposed to be. Four. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the form is what I say it is motherfucker. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, it's they're, they're you know, they're not doing it cause they can't do the other thing. You know what I mean? That's, they're doing it cause it's what they feel. Yeah. They're doing it cause it's just yeah. right to do right now. Yeah. Right. I love that shit, you know, but that's one thing I always loved about Monk and that, and I still do and why he's still one of my very favorite keyboard players all of all time. And, and because it's so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And that's the wonderful part about it. 
You yeah, know, well, that's the local thing I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, and it's and I'm sure that's why a lot of people like Bill Frizzell because Bill Frizzell's like that in a way too. He kind of is like a little off kilter at times and plays some crazy stuff that you just don't expect him to play, and it's fun, you know, to listen to a guy who not really having a jazz vocabulary in the in the in the traditional sense, you know, like you do. But he still has some kind of a quirkiness that really fits in. I used to love those records that he ma- made with the great saxophone player. What's his name? Lee Konitz. No, Lee Konitz. Oh, Lee Konitz. Yeah. He played some. He played some some quartet gigs with Lee Konitz, and and they're live, and they're really good because they're playing traditional standards, but they're playing in them in the quirkiest, weirdest way. Yeah with lots of space and lots of textures and it's just nuts. And it reminds me of Monk because that's the way Monk would have. I totally agree. I totally agree. That kind of stuff. You know, I love that kind of quirky shit, man. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something I forgot because you are, maybe because you said it first. God damn it. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Stealing your shit. Yeah. 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 Stealing my shit, man. Um, I don't remember. Whatever you know, I should listen to Art Tatum more because I don't okay. know. Man, you will sit. You will. I mean, I, I predict you will sit and listen to it and just laugh your ass off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll be blown away, but you'll be laughing because it's just so insane how yeah. free and what and and the imagination and you know he just what he hears and where he goes for and what he gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. Just a whole way of playing, and you know, of course, it's a lot of it's because he's playing solo, because mm-hmm. he has the freedom to do that. Because, like I say, you've heard those recordings where he, you know, he, the trios he made, and you know, he stays home because guys need, you know, he becomes the rhythm section. You know, he's the piano right. player and the bass player on those records. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, cool. but when you hear him play solo, man, there's like a five five or six disc compilation of the complete master solo works or something, you know what I mean? Volume one through six or something. And every one of them is as good as the other, you know, you can't go wrong. It, you know. When did, how old was he when he passed? I think he was young. I think he was probably in his forties or fifties. Everybody would go hear him when they were in town. I, I think it was Pittsburgh. I mean, I can look this up. Was he one of the guys that was like into drugs and alcohol, or was he a straight arrow? No, he was blind. He was up, pretty much functionally blind. Oh, so he had an advantage. He, he worked all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, not that not that blind guys can't do that, but uh, right. Toledo, Ohio, right? Not uh, not Pittsburgh, and um, yeah, I mean, he just played and you know i mean everybody knew him he he died he was almost 50 he was in his late 40s wow so young yeah i mean and i mean there's there's mythology i don't know if there's any truth to it that he heard classical piano recordings of two pianos and thought that's what a piano was supposed to sound like didn't realize it was two guys you know he was blind and he i'm sure he played in the church and everything I don't know if that's true, you know, but I mean, he was like in his teens, he was like uh, already a phenomenon. Guys would go through Toledo, Ohio or wherever he was living and they'd go hear him in clubs, you know, Duke Ellington and Oscar Peterson and Count Basie. Everybody would go to the club 
to hear Art Tatum play, you know. it for this week uh, we are going to end it there and pick up next week with this episode and uh, we did have I had a, I just wanted to address this we had an email recently saying that they were a little annoyed at some of our chopping points at the end of episodes and it was right in the middle right in the middle of the conversations um so uh we're gonna try and work on that that a little bit better because as guitar wankers we are listening and we are open to criticism and making this podcast better than what it is which shouldn't be too hard um so we're gonna try and do that but just remember that some of our uh our hangs our guitar wank sessions go for three hours <laughs> which is ridiculous but you know we can't put a three hour podcast up there because one you guys get bored two it's just a lot of content and we wouldn't have enough content for other shows but uh we were open to suggestions on how to make the show better and what you guys want to hear and what you're going to hear more of if it's more guests more uh, just bruce and scott or we're open to suggestions so i'm just throwing it out there and please be kind <laughs> be very kind uh if you have a suggestion for the show on ways to improve the show and let's keep it within reason um we know there's a lot of improvements that could happen with the show you know we all know that but that's some of the sparkle about guitar wank that it needs a lot of improvements but anyway if you have some great suggestions guitarwank at gmail.com put in the subject heading um improvements for show or advice for show or anything like that to grab our attention because we do get a lot of spam that's a pain in the ass to sort through it all but if you see that in the, if you put that in the subject line we'll be able to deal with it and check out and we are open we're totally open and it'd be great to uh I'd, I'd love to pass that on to scott and bruce and um and piss them off too <laughs> within reason anyway so i just wanted to throw that out there we're going to um do a lot more uh of, of you know listening we can listen and uh improve the show i know anything is impossible is possible during covid right now i guess that's cool anyway it'd be great to hear from you guys thank you again for listening we really appreciate it be safe and we'll see you guys all uh next week have an exciting project and want to introduce it to a community of guitar wankers a guitar pedal amp accessory new recording perhaps well how about putting your money where their ears are we are now accepting sponsors who want to do just that reach out to us so we can help you reach out to them Inquiring anchors want to know.